How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Hello, this is Sam Holzman, uh, the host of uh, the 2020s Enterprise. And uh, as we usually do in our uh, recordings and uh, segments, we'd like to start off with uh, some information um, uh, of the day that you can use uh, as you move forward in uh, business information or technology activities uh, in your organization. And uh, what we're going to be doing, as we've done before, is to demystify some of the articles that you may have seen out there uh, and get some understanding of, of what is going on in the world of business information and organizational change, uh, sometimes called uh, digital disruption or digital transformation. Let's start off with uh, an article uh, about uh, Federal Express and uh, the concept of blockchain. I'm sure that most of you have heard about what blockchain is. And, and quite simply, uh, the ob- objective there is to try to bring some security from the initiation to the end of a transaction. And in the world of bitcoins and cyber currencies, you've heard that, but also a lot of this is going on right now in industry where they're trying to track things. So for example, uh, where did uh, uh, a corn come from? You know, from its seed all the way through. Uh, Where does a a cow's milk come from? In other words, what was the ingredients? Uh, What farm was it on? Uh, so they can track, uh, essentially, diseases and issues possibly there. Uh, it's an exciting uh, area uh, that is being explored. And uh, when I say unfortunately, a lot of it is being discussed around the technology. The technology. And uh, the article that I'm going to bring to you is called The Federal Express Chief Information Officer Looks to Industry Collaboration to Scale Blockchain. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the issue. What we're talking about here now is sharing some of the most intimate information between corporations. I want to make intimate information. Since we have to trace all of this stuff that's going on, this stuff becomes essentially a shareable. Now, the objective I understand, of course, is is being able to trace these things. And you can see some tremendous benefits. But we have to think about the business aspects of things that are there. And basically, the article talks about uh, the inevitability of this tool for tracking goods and reducing fraud in the supply chain. But think about the supply chain for just a moment. All of those people in the supply chain have to agree on what information is being traced, where it comes from, and they have to share it. So... Can you imagine just for a moment, let me give you a, you know, a little bit of an a, a absurd example. If we have a, 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 an organization that is supplying a, a, a potatoes uh, to both uh, McDonald's and a Burger King, for example, and uh, it starts in a farm in Idaho, and we want to make sure that we're tracing all that information all the way through. And again, uh, McDonald's uh, bought uh, 55 potatoes from this organization, and Burger King, uh, Burger King bought 48 or 79. It doesn't matter what the number is. Notice how that information can get essentially competitive information uh, with uh, t- two organizations that are there. 
So this is a dilemma that we're facing. Uh, the objective is fantastic, uh, you know, that's there. But the concept of collaboration throughout the supply chain is what's required. Those are business decisions, you know, that are, that are being made. And this is something that we have to look at. So we have the business aspects of blockchain, the technology aspects, which I, I, frankly, I know this sounds silly when I say it, is the simple part, and then the information transfer. So two of those three components are really kind of critical. In an upcoming broadcast, we're going to be talking about these uh, three components, what we call business, information, and organizational transformation uh, that's going on. And here is one example where all of this is going to be essentially vital, you know, as we're uh, as we're moving forward in, in this particular uh, area. And um, uh, one of the uh, 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 authors of the article and, and some of the keynotes that, uh, you know, have been discussed around this uh, says the following, blockchain won't work in a perfect environment unless everyone is cooperating. Uh, well, as Homer Simpson sometimes says, duh, well, of course. And so we can put all the technology that we want against this, but as we can see, everyone involved in the process has to share as much information as possible to make this work. And so we've got to start looking at not only the technology aspects, but the business aspects of how this is all going to work. And this is something for all of you, whether you're in business or in the technology side of your organizations, have to start thinking about. In other words, the human element and the information element not just essentially the technology component that's there. Uh, another thing that has come up recently is, of course, digital attacks, the cyber attacks, whatever you want to talk about this. And this is rampant uh, everywhere that you're looking right now. And one of the areas that is most frightening uh, is essentially infrastructure. Um, and when it comes to infrastructure, we're talking about uh, electrical and, and uh, um, uh, water treatment and sewage treatment and all, you know, uh, these types of things. Traffic lights, those types of things that we're talking about, essentially lots of different infrastructures. Uh, drawbridges, when you think about it, and, and um, what happens if a drawbridge all of a sudden opens up, quote, by mistake, unquote. So anything that has essentially a computer or a sensor attached to it, if it's not essentially architected to understand the things that is being uh, possibly happening, what we call essentially events that may trigger actions, events that may trigger actions, we have a possible vulnerability. And this is everywhere. Now, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, we didn't think about these types of things. But this is a new type of warfare. I hate to use that phrase. It's uncomfortable to people. But basically, um, it is, uh, you know, warfare, uh, you know, that we're, we're, we're talking about. And if you remember back, uh, uh, this is, I think, 2003, 2004, uh, 55 million people on the eastern part of the United States uh, essentially were blacked out uh, due to cascading power failures. Um some of it took a couple of days, essentially, to, to get back to normal. Just think about this now from a warfare standpoint, where 100 million people for several months are essentially uh, disabled in this particular area. You can see, essentially, uh, what's going on here. And, and not to, to cause people alarm, but just get some realization out there. 
one line of computer code, one line of malicious computer code can make all of this happen. So we don't have to look at nuclear warfare anymore. We can look at cyber warfare where software and hardware become the weapons of choice, you know, that are out there. This isn't science fiction. This is reality. And when we look at the techniques that are used to build information systems out there, unfortunately, they are crude at best. Now, I am a technologist by trade. And for me to say that is very difficult. And again, in upcoming episodes, we're going to be discussing the maturity of the technology profession. And it's what we refer to as maturity level one. And so we have to start looking at not essentially just the technology that's out there, but the way things are built. So the way things are built have to address essentially this century's threats that we haven't thought about. And one of the models that we have to start thinking about is what we refer to as an event model. What are the types of events that we would have to react to uh, that are positive and negative? And if we look back at uh, 9-11-2001 and that horrible incident in New York with these airlines uh, essentially crashing into the Twin Towers in, in New York, that was an event. That's what we mean. And the event was if a Boeing 757 or any other airline hits a building intentionally or unintentionally, okay, then what? So it's an if-then type of thing. Now, let's go further. If it hits the building and it's full of gasoline or jet fuel and it catches on fire, then what? So these types of representations give us an understanding of the things that our computer systems and our business and our activities need to respond to. And we call that an event model. And there's lots of science be, you know, beyond this. So, for example, I think most of us have insurance policies you know, that are out there. And what that looks like is sometimes the actuarial sciences, but also the types of risks involved. So if I'm a paraglider, then my risk is going up. If I'm a scuba diver, and I am both of those, my risk goes up. Uh, no, I don't drive a motorcycle. No, I don't smoke. Uh, I use alcohol sparingly and rarely. These are all events that affect essentially what's going on. Well, we now have that same situation in enterprises. We have to look at you know these types of things that are out there. And whether it's critical infrastructure or your information systems in your organization or in your own home or whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Google or anything else that's out there, the maturity level of us building software is, is rudimentary compared to some of the threats that we're seeing. And again, one of the key things that we're trying to do is to get a model in place to be able to have us address, uh, you know, these types of things. So, you know, right now there's been isolated cases, some of these things, and I have no essentially inside information that I can share with you about these things, um, you know, that's there. But there are nation states and rogue, rogue factions that are out there uh, trying to essentially gain that button that will cause us some uh, damage, you know, that's out there. And um, that's something we got to think about. Uh, whether it's a blackout or whether it's your own information system or whether it's ransomware. Some of you may have, unfortunately, 
um, you know, had the situation where your identities have been stolen. All of this is around that same type of area, uh, you know, that's there. Recognizing the events that may affect your well-being is really what we're, we're talking about. And that's one of the representations that we need. It's not about writing computer code. It's recognizing the things that we need to write code about. That's really, um, you know, what's there. And coupled to that, of course, we have an election coming up in the U.S. here in, in you know, 2020. And uh, nobody's actually sure <laughs> uh, what cyber threats or influence campaigns from 2016 may be brought forward, um, you know, that's there. But we started seeing some of the vulnerabilities, and they were all over the place. It was disinformation, uh, influence campaigns that were out there, state-sponsored hacking, um, leaking of information, targeting certain campaigns, all of this stuff. Once again, these are the types of events. Think about this concept of having a representation of the types of things that we need to react to, and we can gauge the probability of that happening and, of course, take actions. And there's always, unfortunately, a cost-benefit relationship. What is the cost of that particular thing versus, essentially, what is the uh, the benefits of, of, of that particular area? And that's something we have to struggle with all the time in anything that we do you know, in a day-in and day-out basis. So as we look at these types of things, uh, these are the, some of the things that we have to take into account. And one of the representations, as I said, that's not talked about very much in organizations is what we refer to as an event model or an event representation of the things that are out there that are human business consumable. These are not technology issues. You know, what? for example, what if a server uh, has an XYZ QRS type of thing? That's not what we're referring to here necessarily. What we're talking about is business events, business activities that the organization needs to recognize could be something uh, that is an issue to us. And the cost of these things are becoming astronomical, uh, you know, that's out there. They're, they're really kind of uh, amazing. Uh, in 2018, for example, um, there the, some of the statistics uh, are out there. Uh, $2.7 billion uh, has been noted as far as uh, the Internet crime that's out there, cyber crime, you know, that's out there. Uh, 20,000 complaints are not unusual, um, you know, that's out there, whether it's transfer of funds or things like that. 51,000 complaints is what we're, we've seen so far this year. Uh, all sorts of, you know, losses, 240% increase in these types of crimes that are reported. And, of course, sometimes we don't even know that it's happening, um, you, know, that's, you, know, that, you know, that's out there. The FBI, for example, received over 350,000 complaints from businesses, um, uh, you know, uh, about these types of things that are out there. And people talk about after-the-fact activities, incident response teams, you know, that's out there. You know, and that's like a fire department. And we got to have fire departments. But wouldn't it be better to look at it and say, what are the potential fire threats? In other words, what are the possible threats to us? And see if we can mitigate those threats. You know, coming back to, you know, the, you know, the, the fire you know, type of situations. There's certain materials that we should be using around stoves, certain materials that we shouldn't be using around stoves. 
So that's an event that we want to look at uh, to make uh, these types of things happen. And this is all part of the new business vocabulary. This is about the business people and the technology people getting together, not talking about writing computer systems, but recognizing the new era that we have, the cyber era out there, and unfortunately the events that we have to react to. So this becomes part of your business strategy to essentially assure that you and your customers uh, are protected from these types of things as best as possible. Because everyone, every, every time we have one of these breaches, of course, there's a lot of angst that goes on and, and people are kind of upset and, and rightly so, you know, that's out there. And if any of you have experienced any of this, you know exactly, you know, what I'm talking about. So this era that we're talking about uh, right now that you're hearing about, whether it's blockchain, uh, whether it's cybercrime, you know, those types of things, is about the events that are occurring that we have to react to as a business or an individual in this new world of cyber. So with that, we're going to take a short break. I'm Sam Holzman. This topic is the 2020 enterprise. And when we get back from the break, we're going to be talking about essentially the hard part of digital transformation, which is organizational change. We'll see you back here in a couple of minutes. Thank you for listening. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. You're listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. I'm Sam Holzman. And what we're going to be talking about in this segment is this concept of digital transformation. In our previous segment, we talked about essentially this new world of cyber. And the catch-all phrase that seems to be out there is the, is the phrase digital transformation. And you're hearing a lot about uh, those particular things that are out there. Now, this is not a new topic. When you think about the concept of digital what we're actually talking about here is some kind of mechanization, electronic mechanization of stuff that's out there. And this is essentially something that's all around us. And I don't think we think about it. It's got this new phrase out there called, you know, digital transformation. But the interesting word nowadays is the word transformation. Well, transform to what? 
that's the question that you know that you know that's out there. And just to give you an idea about this, uh, we and our organization and our clients conceptualized this concept back in May of 1997, and so it's quite a bit of quite quite a long time ago uh, uh, that's out there. Well over 20 years is when we conceptualized this concept. And when we conceptualized this concept of digital transformation, and at the time we called it digital engineering, we actually were looking at three components. The changes required or the understanding required of in the business. Let's remember the word here right now, business. Just remember the B for just a moment. The changes or the understanding in the information environment, whether it's the technology area, the data, whether it's manual or mechanized, ledger sheets, spreadsheets, it doesn't matter, the information content, content, that's the I component for a moment. And then the third component, which is kind of uncomfortable to a lot of people, the human side, the organization side of things, the O, and if you can Imagine the phrase right now, BIO, it's bioengineering is the, is the term that we coined in 1997 that's out there. So whether we call it bioengineering or biotransformation or digital transformation, the key thing that we want to mention here is it's three components. It is not just one. And what we have to recognize is that in order to optimize a business, we have to optimize the business processes and the business activities. Adding technology isn't going to make things necessarily simpler. As a matter of fact, sometimes the technology can make things more complex. So the objective is first to optimize the business, then look at the human element that has those new business activities or changed business activities, and then the third element would be the mechanization or the technology changes required to make that happen. And as the phrase goes, if we can't do it right on pencil and paper, we're not going to be probably doing it right on a computer system. Yes, the program is compiled and in production, but that doesn't mean that it's giving us the right answer. So this area we call biotransformation more contemporary in the literature out there, essentially digital transformation. But that, to me, again, requires those three components. The understanding of the business, the understanding of the information, and the understanding of the organization that's there. Now, if we look at the phrase for just a moment, digital transformation, there's no single definition from a technology perspective even, both inside and outside of the organization. What, what, is it, what does it mean? What's the difference between what we want to do in digital transformation today or tomorrow with what we did 15 years ago? It's a fascinating question. Is this just a new title? By the way, we think it's very important if we look at all three components, the business information, the organizational transformation that's out there. There's no single def definition of digital transformation from a human perspective, both inside and outside the organization. 
I have heard some things that say, well, digital transformation is about getting rid of people. Well, may, maybe that's true. And, you know, that, that's why we're putting in kiosks, you know, that's out there and, and eliminating uh, uh, those low paying clerk jobs that are out there. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's it. Um, I always joke with people uh, about Amazon. Everybody knows Amazon, you know, dot com. And, and I, I joke with them and I say, do you recognize that you are working for them? And they say, what do you mean working for them? I'm a customer. I said, well, yeah, you're a customer. But in order for you to actually be a customer, you have to take on a role that you they've outsourced to you. And that role is order entry clerk. And I'm not saying that's a mundane role, but you have to accept that particular role and they have to make it comfortable for you to take on that role in order for you to do business with them. So, yeah, you're part of the Amazon.com organization or whatever online resource that you're using. You are the order entry clerk, um, you know, that's out there that used to be done either by a human being or somebody internal uh, into the organization that's there. When it comes to this concept of digital transformation, who is the responsible party? We've heard the concept of chief digital officer uh, that's out there. Well, the CXO, chief digital officer, where the X in this case is digital, um, how does that relate to the chief information officer, the chief technology officer, the chief marketing officer, the chief financial officer, the chief XYZ officer, whatever whatever you know that is that are out there? So... We may have a new role, maybe, but how does it relate to the other ones? And is there overlap and things like that? And what is the the responsibility? Or maybe if we look at our view of this, which is the business side transformation, the information side of transformation, and the organizational side of transformation, it is actually the responsibility of the president or the CEO of the organization because that individual will cover all of those areas that's, that's out there. And the other thing we see about digital transformation is that the technological aspects are usually focused on first. Well, we got to put in a, a kiosk out there, uh, whatever that means. And, and here's the stuff that we're going to do. And we do a copy paste essentially from the manual process, you know, that's out there. And maybe that's good enough. Maybe that's good enough. And maybe that addresses the situation that's, uh, uh, you know, it's out there. I don't, I don't know. I'm not really sure, but, Is it really a good idea to start with the pencil and say we're going to replace a pencil with a pen versus saying, what are we actually trying to do? What's the objective? What is the goal from a business perspective of the concept of transforming digitally? Once again, focusing on the business aspects of things. And if it it is cost reduction, if it is the elimination of the human resource that's out there, um, we may not be comfortable with saying that. Well, that's the objective and it's measurable. Or it could be something else, you know, that's out there. And just saying improve productivity, reduce cost, value your employee, and value your customers are not goals. Those are platitudes. Those don't tell us anything at all. Everybody wants to do that. So what is it we're actually trying to achieve, um, you know, when we're actually looking at this? Same thing. It could be, by the way, the technological objective is to reduce the cost of a transaction in the organization. Well, that's a good one. You know, that may be a good one that's out there. Nothing wrong with that at all. 
The other thing we have to recognize is that technological change resistance is really much easier than the organizational human mind shift. That's the big one. In other words, there is, a, there is an uneasiness. There is a sort of like a transition state that's going on. Um, there is essentially a, a disturbance of the force. And that makes most people very uncomfortable. Yesterday they were doing this, whatever that this was. Now they're doing this, whatever that was. And there's an uncomfortableness there. And we can understand that. We can understand that uncomfortableness that, you know, that's out there. So the technological change, you know, the new system or the new keyboard or the new kiosk or, or the new whatever, you know, technological magic that will make all the pain go away that's out there is great. That's the easy part. But getting the human side of this thing uh, changed is difficult. Human beings aren't comfortable in that transition state in general. And then essentially, what are the organizational changes required in that new world? And the other thing we have to recognize is what is the end game, so to speak? In other words, um, you know, when is the end of the game? When do we hit the goalpost or whatever it is that's out there, whatever metaphor that you want to use? What is the objective that we're trying to achieve that's out there? And how do we know that we've met it? rather than spending a gazillion dollars on technological magic that's out there. So this whole concept of digital transformation, once again, um, is something that we believe is very useful, but it really is kind of fuzzy. And the other thing that I want to strongly emphasize, it is and necessitates more than just a bunch of new technologies. It really starts off with analyzing your business to figure out what areas of digitization that you don't have now or what areas of digitization that you do have now need to be, you know, essentially addressed. The end game isn't more computer code. The end game to us is the enablement of business strategy in the most effective and efficient way. That should be the end game of everybody in the organization and essentially understanding and meeting the objectives and requirements and demands of the customer. And so it's about looking at all of these new things that are out there and figuring out how we as an organization can do things better, faster, and cheaper for ourselves and to serve the customer better. And so the objective there is to essentially enable the business strategy in the most effective way possible. And one of the ways to do that is through a computer system. But we have to recognize that's one of the more costly ways to address things. And we're recognizing that more and more, we, the industry, um, you know, that, you know, that's out there. Now, the source of all wisdom out there, of course, we all know is wicked Wikipedia. Did I say something different? Wikipedia. <laughs> and my apologies there. And if we look at that, they do have a essentially a definition of digital transformation. I'm going to read this right off of the website. Digital transformation uh, is the total and overall societal effect of 
digital digitalization. <laughs> okay. Digitization has enabled the process of digitalization, which resulted in stronger opportunities to transform and change existing business models, consumption patterns, socioeconomic structures, legal and policy measures, organizational pa- patterns, cultural barriers, and I like this one, etc. Now, boy, I know that's a mouthful. And to be brutally honest here and a bit critical of Wikipedia, I have no idea what that actually meant. But this is right out of there. And this is one of the problems, ladies and gentlemen, we're having. What is this concept? And I hope that I've be able to, in, in the uh, initial part of our discussion today, sort of demystified it for you a little bit. To us, it's about enabling the business strategy as efficiently and effective as possible. And one of the components of that will be essentially technology. Now, the definition goes on a little bit. It says digitization, the conversion, digitalization, the process, and the digital transformation, the effect. So digital transformation, according to Wikipedia, is the effect accelerates and illuminates the already existing and ongoing horizontal and global processes of change in society. Wow, was that philosophical. Wow, was that philosophical. I don't know if that helps or not, but I read it to you to sort of give you an idea. A lot of people use Wikipedia as essentially a source of of understanding. And you can see how difficult even that definition is um, you know, that's, you know, that's out there. I mean, what actually is happening? So once again, I read you one definition of what digital transformation is, and it really is hard to consume. Okay. We don't have a single definition of what that is. I believe personally that it involves three components, the understanding of the business, the understanding of the information or technology, and then the organization. And the process of that understanding goes through essentially what we call five essentially transformation elements. There's a visioning concept, what we're trying to do from a business information and organizational standpoint, an analysis concept of that information, then a solution or a series of solution designs to that, the implementation of that particular business change, information change, and organization change, and then the continuous improvement or evolution of those particular areas that are there. So once again, sort of like the the process that we have to think about is there's a visioning component, an analysis component, a design component, an implementation component, and an evolution component to that. And those would be for each one of the segments, the business area, the information, and then, of course, the organizational component, you know, that's there. And so this particular concept that we're talking about essentially is across all the uh, activities that are there, the business, information, and organizational components. And um, when we return from our short break, we're going to be deep diving into the organizational transformation component of the business information and organizational concepts. 
within the broad category of digital transformation. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here in a couple of minutes and continue our discussion about digital transformation. Thank you. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holtzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back. Uh, This is The 2020 Enterprise with me, Sam Holtzman, and we're talking about digital transformation And within digital transformation, we've coined the term a while back ago, bioengineering or biotransformation. The B standing for business, the I standing for information, and the O standing for organization. The three-legged stool, essentially, that we require to go through the concepts of digital transformation that's out there. And uh, I want to give you a little story about the organizational component, the segment we're going to be talking about what we believe is the tough part of digital transformation, which is the human element that's there. And I want to give you a little story about Trader Joe's. And my wife and I love Trader Joe's. I want to say that up front. If anyone from Trader Joe's is listening, um, I, we're a customer and we'll continue to be a customer. But I observe a lot of things when I go out there shopping and things like that. And what I recognize sometimes is the sort of disconnect between what we see in the technology and the human element of what is going on. And this is an incident that occurred at uh, Trader Joe's. And uh, we were buying some uh, fresh uh, chicken and we took it out of the cooler Um, you know, that was there, which is great. And, uh, we picked up three packages or something like that. And we, of course, we brought it to the uh, cashier and the cashier, um, is, uh, uh, trying to barcode wand the package and, uh, it's having a devil of a time, uh, with this thing and, and, uh, getting a little frustrated and, and the Trader Joe people are, are wonderful that's there and uh, sort of the young lady sort of smiling at us and, you know, playing with the wrapper, trying to get this thing all set up and things like that, but just was having a devil of a time. And if you can picture this chicken, the label and the barcode was underneath, underneath the first layer of plastic 
that was covering essentially the whole chicken container. And of course, underneath there, there was another layer of plastic. But if you can picture this, the label that had essentially the information, the cost and the weight and all the other information that's out there uh, and, and, uh, and the barcode underneath the plastic. And for whatever reason, the wand that she was using was just not working, you know, that was out there. And so uh, she said, it, you know, voiced just a little frustration. She says, you know, I've been talking to management about this until the cows come home and then they don't seem to, you know, be doing anything about it. And I just smiled at her and I said, I said, what do you mean? She says, you know, she says, why don't they just put the label on the outside to make it easier to scan? That was her sort of like rhetorical comment to me that's out there. I just smiled at her. Now, here's the issue. If you can imagine for a moment the situation, what did she do? She's trying to make sure that I as a customer are, are satisfied and I want to get out of there. Uh, not that I'm in any big hurry. So she looks at the label and punches in $6.95 miscellaneous food. We had three packages. Miscellaneous food, miscellaneous food, miscellaneous food. Okay. Wouldn't seem like a big deal to you, right? This is a huge, huge deal. Remember the concept of traceability. I, I hope this didn't happen, but let's say this product was tainted for, for, for a moment. And, and I hope it's not, of course. All of a sudden, that custody chain was broken. In other words, even if you have the concepts of blockchain and all these other things that you're hearing about in technology, here's this young lady who now breaks that chain. It doesn't matter how many computer systems that you have out there, okay? She just broke that custody chain. So you could know where the cow was and where the slaughterhouse was and where the packaging was, but you don't know that I bought this chicken, and therefore there could be an issue that's out there. I want to stress again, I have nothing against Trader Joe's, and I can have the same example, and you can have the same example in lots of different areas, lots of different areas. So it's not just Trader Joe's. It's not recognizing, again, the human component of digital transformation and what needs to be done that's there. One example. Another example, Delta Airlines. I am a very frequent flyer of Delta Airlines. I am approaching, and my back knows it, four million miles with this wonderful airline. I have nothing, again, against Delta. This is just an example, again, of looking at this concept of digital transformation and not looking through the whole concept of the business transformation requirement the technology transformation requirement, and the organizational transformation requirement. So I'm sharing with you an article from Forbes magazine by a person named Shep, S-H-E-P is the first name, Hyken is the last name, H-Y-K-E-N, and I hope I pronounced it correctly. And this individual's title is Chief Amazement Officer, Chief amazement officer title I've not heard before and I'm going to read this directly to you I have shared the interesting background to lead up to recent interview with Ed Bastian who's Ed Bastian the CEO of Delta Airlines at the consumer electronic show uh, Ginny uh, 
Ramati, I hope I pronounced it correctly. My apologies uh, to Ms. Ramati, who's the chairman and CEO of, of IBM, took the stage to deliver an opening address and talked about artificial intelligence and data. To prove her point, she brought on Mr. Bastian to talk about how technology is powering the airline to deliver a customer experience that is, in Bastian calls it, magical. Bastian continues with his comments. Digital transformation is personalizing. It's not just about building the capability, but in the execution and delivery. Let me repeat those two words, execution and delivery. There's nothing worse than having the ability to take care of a customer and for the flight attendant or gate attendant not to deploy it. Then, as a customer, you know they're not taking care of you. Use the data to take care of those needs and make sure the customer know who they are and how we can better serve them. And we're really just at the cusp of that. Boy, does that sound fantastic. Now, why am I bringing this to you? That afternoon, literally that afternoon, I was flying overseas. And in a first-class seat, a business-class seat, I think, uh, is, is the correct thing. And I come to this seat, and I sit down, and all over the armrest and all over the middle area are pieces of peanuts, little tiny pieces of peanuts. And what's even worse, and I have a photograph of this, when I go to put my seatbelt on, the seatbelt was really unusual. It was actually a red color, which really caused me to say, what is this? And it was massively frayed. Now, I don't want to sound too highfalutin here, but this is a business class seat flying overseas for a few thousand dollars. And I guess they knew what I liked peanuts, so they gave me some peanuts uh, with, uh, out of the uh, container for me. And then the seatbelt, and I call the flight attendant over, and she looks, and she's horrified. She says, what the heck is going on here? Now, please remember, digital transformation is not just about technology. So for those of you that are looking at it, this is what disturbs the customer. This is what disturbs the customer. Sitting down in a seat, which is dirty or filthy, has peanut crumbs all over it, and a seat belt that is unfit for human consumption, you know, that's out there. So what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? Yeah, I know. We're going to throw more computer systems at it. That's not what we're going to be talking about that, okay? And so what we're talking about here is the human element. Once again, the human element that's there the organizational transformation that's there. And we define that is as applying a process or engineering disciplines of defining, understanding, and analyzing the organization, its structure, and its reward system. Organization, its structure, and reward system in order to support the mission of that organization. That's what we're talking about in organizational transformation. So if 
I'm going to measure the speed at which people clean the interior of the airplane. That's one measure, which is a different measure than the cleanliness of the airplane, which is a different measure as to the customer feedback and what's done in that particular area. So you can see that you get what you measure as the phrase goes. You get what you measure. And it's a reward structure that we have to look at, a reward structure, not just essentially the organizational structure. In other words, a supervisor coming in and saying, oh, look, the seatbelt is torn. That's a good thing. By the way, it didn't happen here. And they obviously no one looked at it for whatever reason. And it may have been an anomaly. Once again, I am a frequent flyer of Delta Airlines. I will continue to be. They are they have great service, but every once in a while, things, as, as I said, fall through the cracks. But just think how many cracks this has fallen through that's out there. So the concept we refer to is essentially organizational transformation. And the first component of that is a visioning component. Now, if the word visioning is, is sort of a little bit uh, uh, difficult uh, to understand, maybe another term would be architecture. In other words, a blueprint on what the organization should be looking like. And we call that the visioning component, uh, you know, that's out there. And that's examining essentially the history uh, of the organization and where it wants to go, the desired state and the as-is state. What are the objectives essentially that are being, are trying to be met, um, you know, with that. The environment which it operates and the resources it uses. And that's essentially to figure out what the organizational arrangement should be to fulfill the mission of the organization. Following that is organizational analysis. In other words, what's the principles of operation for the business? How should the organizational behave that's out there? The categories of work to be performed, the processes associated with the work, the people associated with the work, and the organization structures required to carry this out. So that's the analysis component that we're looking at. The categories of work, the people, the processes, how things should be done versus how they're done today in order once again to meet the objectives of the organization, uh, you know, as we see it. We then come down to essentially a design component. Now, what is that? What is essentially a design component? It's the activity of, of shaping the organization and the reward structures. In other words, how do we incent behavior that's out there? This isn't like Pavlov's hierarchy of needs. Uh, we're not talking about uh, you, know, a do- a treat, you know dog treats here. We're talking about shaping behavior to reward good activities and to mitigate or try to reduce the number of unintended consequences that we have on actions that are taken. So there's both a positive and negative uh, components there. And this design encompasses all the way down to the individual performer, all the way up through the chain, you know, that's out there from the CEO to all the executives and managers and directors and supervisors down to the individual staff member that is actually supposed to perform Uh, that particular task that's there. And so we call that organizational design. From that, we have a deployment activity. 
So that's applying all of these principles that we have to the organization or component of the organization to affect both local improvements and organizational improvements. We have to make sure that we don't have essentially unintended consequences that are out there. And so the phrase that's used in a lot of organizations, we have silos that run into each other and they don't know it. Well, yeah, that's true. So we have to have a structure and a process and a reward structure that recognizes that we're looking at the optimization of the local conditions, taking into account the optimization of the whole organization. Is that the priority or is it reversed? In other words, organizational optimization is 51%. Local optimization is 49, the trade-off that we need to do. So whether those are the correct numbers or, or other numbers that are out there, we're looking at those couple of components, you know, that are there. And once we have essentially a little bit of deployment, we now go back to continuous knowledge gain. In other words, there's a continuous cycle that goes on to essentially look at the life cycle. So we go back to architect, analyze, design, and deploy. Architect, analyze, design, and deploy as things change, as the business changes that are out there. So this is a continuous activity, not a one-off activity. And we'll refer to all of that essentially as organizational transformation underneath essentially the umbrella of what we call business information and organizational transformation, or as we call it, bio-transformation that's there. In an upcoming episode, we'll talk about the process that we would recommend if you're looking at carrying this out, and we call it the action model for change. Thank you for listening to the 2020s Enterprise with me, Sam Holzman. We take your comments and questions uh, at sam at eacoe.org. We hope you'll have a good afternoon, good morning, good evening. If you're listening in any time zone, thanks again for listening. See you next time.